0: The number one thing people assume I do uh, when I say the word audit is I'm an IRS auditor. I'm coming to get them. Um, I would say most audits are not there to identify, you know, the worst thing in the world and get you in trouble. It's to identify any vulnerabilities or anything that might be going wrong or, you know, towards scale of wrong that you could then reverse course and, you know, bring it back where,
1: What's up, everybody? My name is Blake Fletcher, and this is the Half Hour Intern Podcast, where we explore the interesting paths people take in life. If you'd like to support episodes like this being made, please check out the show's Patreon page at patreon.com slash half hour intern. In today's episode, we explore the world of IT auditing or IT audit accounting with Tim Dubois. So Tim is a listener of the show that wrote in saying, you know, Blake, A lot of people have heard of accounting. A lot of people have heard of accountants and a lot of people have heard of getting audited. And everyone only knows a very small fraction about what these things are actually about. When people think of being audited, they just think of the IRS. When people think of accountants, they just think of people to help you do your taxes. And he's like, there are so many different types of accountants out there. There There's so many different types of auditing out there. And I do a type of accounting called IT audit accounting. So it really doesn't have much to do with numbers at all. Tim lives more in the world of IT and making sure that companies' IT platforms are secure and safe and running as they should. So I'm not going to step over the definition of what this is too much. I will just let the episode speak for itself. So without further ado, here is IT auditing. Tim, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks, Blake, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So First things first, I'm just going to give you like a really easy one out the gate is what is IT audit accounting? The more I learn about this, like the more fascinated I get. So why don't you break it down for everyone?
0: So I call myself an IT auditor, first of all. Um, Accounting is a very vast area of the business environment. So to give you just a high level, you know, you could have your internal accountants that work for, you know. McDonald's or, you know, Whole Foods. I know they're pretty busy right now with the Amazon acquisition. Um, You know, they're really just helping management, you know, record all the transactions of the company and also helping them do any forecasting, any, you know, other type finance type areas. Uh, Accountants and finance people work very closely together. If not, they're the same people a lot of times. Um, But on, on top of that, you have other people who work Um, specifically what I work in, which is external public accounting. So I work at one of the large uh, public accounting firms in the world, and my area specifically is IT audit, which we support external audits. Um, I mean, we can go down that rabbit hole. I have a couple notes later on that we can do. But one of the other ones that probably everyone assumes accountants do is taxes. Uh every time I say I'm busy, someone assumes it's because it's tax season. Like January, <laughs> February. Uh, you know, they're like, oh, April 15th. I was like, no, more like February 28th is my deadline. Thank you for for assuming. Um, but actually, accountants also work for the IRS. I know a couple people that I went to grad school with who are gun carrying IRS uh you know members. They go around and um and I know Blake when I you know reached out to you initially. Um, Al Capone got caught because of a tax evasion. So, you know, it is a real- He got caught by an accountant. Yeah, exactly. Um, His name's Elliot Ness. And to be honest, the only reason I know the name Elliot Ness is uh, there's a brewery back home in Cleveland that has that name. It's Elliot Ness Beer. Um, But yeah, it's a very vast area. So when I say I'm an IT auditor to people, I'm talking about one very small, very small sliver of a very big industry at the same time.
1: Okay. So going to the, uh, if you could just in like two minutes, uh, because there's obviously gonna be like so many questions to ask. If you could give like a brief two minute overview of as a whole, what IT audit accounting is, which is obviously very different from these other types of accounting.
0: Right. So IT audit essentially is, you know, you have a public company that or a private company at some points, where they need either because of the law or just their board of directors say, "Hey, we want to know how our IT function of our you know of our company is operating." Uh, so I'll come in and with my team and essentially test their internal controls that support IT functions. Um, most of the time, it's relating to the IT applications that support financial reporting, which means you know I. If you have a transaction within the company those systems that are related to that function um so if you let's say you work at google i'm not going to be as concerned as the ones that are more the engineering applications i'm going to be focused on how you're making money those applications that involve that
1: right so any pieces of software that are uh tracking money transactions uh showing incoming money outgoing money money within the company Anything that right. touches money, you want to like look at that software. I would imagine then it's it's very serious in why you guys are like super needed is when companies have like a whole bunch of credit cards of users on file and things like that. And it's like, well, how, is, is a piece of it like security wise, like you're auditing how secure they are as well?
0: Uh, at times, yes. So specifically what I work in, I work within the external audit function Uh, Basically, all my clients are public companies, meaning that they're publicly traded on the NASDAQ, New York Stock Exchange, or they have publicly traded debt. Uh, And they're actually required by law by something called Sarbanes-Oxley to have an audit performed every year, including their controls that support the IT supporting the the, uh, financial reporting. So... um, you know the biggest application I can think of, Blake, that someone would be relate to would be SAP. I don't know if you've heard yes, of that. Totally, like, yeah, everyone that, uses you know, it. Almost every manufacturing company in the world probably uses SAP in some regard. That's the one that all my colleagues see. I don't specifically specialize in it, but you know that's the most prevalent of the example that I can give right now.
1: So now, uh, when you are are auditing these companies are you auditing specific transactions that took place with their software to like make sure that there's no like funny business going on? Are you more yeah. auditing the software as a whole to make sure that the software is working as it should? And then maybe you give them other software recommendation? Like, hey, I know you guys yeah. are using this. It would actually be even safer and more secure if you guys were using something like this. Um, yeah. like, what is the goal, I guess, of your role?
0: So maybe it would make sense then to back up of, you know why I come into the I come into a company to begin with. So I mentioned SOX, which is the regulation um, that really derived back, if you remember, in the early two thousands with Enron, WorldCom, uh, you know, a couple other companies where things just went wrong. They had fraud financial reportings, and the government finally, came, the U.S. government finally came through and said you know, you need to test your controls as part of your annual report to your investors and to the general public. So what happens is, the, you know, the big firms, the external accounting firms get engaged by these public companies to come in and essentially audit their financial statements. As part of that now, then external auditors being the financial guys will actually engage my team to come in and look at those applications that are relevant That they have identified. It's not a full. What I can say is, you know, audits in my scope are not 100%. So we never give absolute assurance over anything we touch. We are looking at, you know, sample base, which means that, you know, I'm not going to look at 100% of everything that goes on. I may look at, you know, 10%. I may look at 50%. It all depends on these different measurements that we do based upon the risk. But so is done.
1: it like your colleagues that, that are not IT auditors, like that they're just other auditors, the other yeah. auditors are looking at individual transactions and things like that, but you are not like you're right. just looking at the software as a whole, like how does Correct. this software work? Correct. Because and I guess I'm, what I'm, you were saying about the Enron thing is that although there were some people at Enron that were dirty, there were probably some people at Enron that were clean. And it's like those people people that were clean, it's like they needed to have better software in place to catch the people who were dirty within their own. It's like you should have software in place at your own company that is going to catch any bad seed at your company.
0: So we don't call that software. We call that internal control. That's exactly what it's meant to do. So an internal control would be something, for example, you need approval to get access to a certain application. Or, you know, I have a monthly reconciliation of my account receivables you know, that gets performed and also reviewed by someone within management. So that's the type of things we're testing. Let's say you have, you know, a specific, um, you're in the company and you want to purchase something. So you want to, you know, say you want to purchase 100 widgets. I know accountants, we like to use widgets because it's generalized. You know, instead of, let's say you were bad. So let's say you're over at a company and you wanted to do fraud where instead of on paper buying 100 widgets, you wanted to say you only bought 10. So that way the company was paying for the 100 and, you know, essentially overpaying right. at that point. Um, there could be an internal control of, all right, we allow all purchases of a certain dollar amount to go through, no questions asked. But if it hits this dollar amount and every company has its own limits, uh, it has to get reviewed by, you know, one person or, you know, X number of people before the payment is made to that vendor. Right. So that would be a control that we would look at is, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be myself. It could be one of my colleagues saying, all right, I'm going to pick, you know, if it happens every day, let's say I'm going to pick 50 selections and I want to see those approvals for you know these specific selections I've made. Um, that way we validated that there is a control in place to prevent any type of you know bad going on within the company.
1: Right. Right. So Tim, just so people have a better understanding then of of like what it all, because as it stands right now, like the way that you're describing it, it sounds like, Oh, that's so simple. Like you probably just like go in for like an hour. You like drum up some of the software. You're like, Oh, this looks pretty good. Or, Oh no. Hey, you guys should have these other programs. I'm sure it's not that simple. So why don't you take us through like, what your job specifically is actually like, like if you were to have to audit a company, what kind of things would you go through?
0: Yep. So, you know, the very first thing is I would have, you know, one of my, a team of my colleagues essentially approach my manager or someone else and say, we need to have you guys come in and help with this engagement. Um, With that, you know, there's a whole slew of planning meetings that occur, which involve something we call scoping. So we would, in those meetings, identify with our colleagues uh, what applications need to be looked at as part of this larger financial audit that goes on. Um, With that, you know, we're also risk ranking some of those applications. So uh, I mentioned SAP earlier. That would be a very high risk to us because there's so much that goes on within that application. Um, whereas you may have this other application that you know does one very little function of the entire audit, or the I'm sorry, the entire company that we may view that as important, but not as important as this large SAP application that's going on at the same time. Um, so once we do that, you know we're meeting with management at the same time, and when I say management, I'm referring to our client, or you know the public company's management, um, to understand what controls. That they have in place to basically be that check and balance with all other function within the IT function itself. Um, Once there you know if there's an internal audit function which internal audit essentially is a group of auditors that sit within a company that help with either testing these controls that exist or also doing audits of a completely different kind which I can touch on a little bit later. Um, Once you know we meet with those groups of people we're going to have those controls identified and then essentially execute testing of those controls. So that would go back to what I was explaining with, you know, let's say you have um, a whole bunch of people that came into the company over the course of a year. Uh, I would take, or someone on my team could take a sample of, you know, certain number of users that were or yeah, users that were added within the application and just go through the process of understanding. How does the company validate that those users are appropriate to have access and then take it a step further of, all right, I picked my 50 users. Can I get the evidence or proof that those people were authorized as they just explained to me, they should have been approved and authorized to have that access.
1: Mm, Right. So that so that then they have checks and balances in place for making sure that somebody didn't like finagle their way into using a program.
0: Right. And there I mean, I just gave you an example of one control. Uh, I have some clients where we have upwards of thirty to forty controls per application. Wow. So when you're talking about these big multinational companies, I have one client that has above thirty applications that we look at. So, you know, thirty times thirty, you're getting up there and the number of controls that you have to test over and over again, um, basically to get to the final conclusion of do we have any holes within their processes?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, man, this sounds so interesting to me because at it, it first when I was learning about it, I was like, but this sounds so much like so much more of like an IT sort of thing. It's interesting that Tim has an accounting degree. And then I was and then now that you're talking about it more, I was like, ah, I guess that does sound more like accounting, like what, like. How do you learn about this stuff? <laughs> like, is this when you're in it, when you're getting an accounting degree in school? Like, is this an actual like offshoot of accounting that they will teach you about this in college? Kind of. Uh,
0: so I actually have two accounting degrees. So uh, I know when you and I were chatting earlier, like, oh, do you call yourself an accountant? I was like, yeah, my degrees. I don't call myself an accountant, but my two degrees say otherwise. Right. <laughs> um, I had one class that basically said. Here are what internal controls are within the accounting environment. Oh, and by the way, there's also all these IT ones. Um, But you have to keep in mind, when I was in my undergrad, my junior year, that was within the first five years where IT audits were like the big thing for public companies to get done. Right. So even my professors were kind of very gray on what exactly that meant.
1: Because they'd never Uh, done it themselves.
0: Right, because this thing came out in 2002. I was a junior in 2008. You know, not everyone knew exactly what was going on at that point. Um, I, obviously, the public accountants did, but my, I could tell you my professor was kind of gray and had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Um, so how I kind of landed into it is I double majored in IT when I did my accounting degree. Uh, I took a whole bunch of just basic coding classes, nothing crazy. You know, I can't do C++ or anything worthwhile. Um, But it was enough to basically get me to understand how an application or how a series of IT systems work within a business function.
1: Okay, yeah. So that sounds way more useful to me than your accounting degree does. Like, how much do you use your accounting degree? Like, do you ever have to use the things you learned in accounting? Uh,
0: Once in a while, I do. uh, But that's mainly because I have the knowledge of you know multiple years of accounting education, um, I do not have my CPA. Which I know if my professors were hearing me right now in this podcast, they'd probably be like screaming in the background. <laughs> uh, it's very uncommon for someone to go through that as much school as I have to not have their CPA. Um, so you know, me working at a public accounting firm, I had to go through another type of certification that was IT audit specific. Just so that way the firm was like, all right, he knows what he's talking about. He's good. We can let him progress. So I kind of stumbled upon IT audit. It was always in the back of my mind of, you know, this is something I want to aspire to at some point. Um, So when I started to look for jobs coming out of graduate school, uh, I went for the financial people. So I was like, all right, I'll do some number crunching for a couple of years, get the experience under my belt, and then go off and look into the IT audit world. Uh, but actually, the recruiter for the firm I work at basically said, no, you have this. It's not much, but you have a little bit of IT experience. I think you're a better suit over here. Uh, and the rest was kind of history at that point. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, Blake, I know many people who have absolutely no IT knowledge. Uh, one of my best friends at work actually has no IT, had no IT knowledge coming in the door. Um, and she's just as strong, if not stronger, than me at times but she's an account-
1: I- accounting background as well uh finance finance which is close enough at that point yeah see that's all that's all still so interesting cuz it's like yeah. you I feel like you would be better suited to have like a freaking detective background or something. You know, like Literally. it's like whatever training you're. Co- I mean, so many jobs are honestly like this. It's like right. co- co- where it, where it's like, what was the use of my college degree? Like anything that I'm, I might need to know, in my job, my job is going to teach me. You know, right? But I mean, it seems very uh, clear with this job that it's like, yeah, the skill set is more just being analytical, observant. You know, things like that.
0: Right. And there, there are times where, you know, I'm looking at a spreadsheet of, you know, a million lines that I have to, you know, either do an analysis over or, you know, find the needle in the haystack. Uh, so it definitely is very analytical, very attention to detail, especially. Um, but at the same time, you know, there are people that come in this door that have a full IT degree and they're usually the rock stars. Uh, we just have to teach them the audit side of why are they doing what they're doing? Versus when I came in the door and when some of my friends came in the door, we had to be taught. All right, what are these versions of Unix that we're looking at, or you know, what's the inner workings of SAP that we have to know?
1: Right. How long is the training for your job? Like, how long did your company train you for? So we don't have a
0: like six month boot camp or anything like that that you know you may imagine. Um, we're kind of always learning. That's just the environment that I'm that were raised within.
1: They just throw so, you out in the field with other people.
0: I would say I had two weeks of training and then off I went to a client. Right. Um, but at the same time, they're not going to send you to a client by yourself. You're going to have, you know, someone senior of you that's going to be with you that you're basically doing in-field training the entire time. Um, but even, you know, as you progress, like I'm in, I just finished my fifth year at the firm, you know, I'm still doing education. So like I just did a e-learning earlier this morning because it's also a requirement of the job is to stay up on things. So there are trainings that you have to take as you progress as well.
1: Right. Right. Um, all right, Tim, let's go ahead. I know you, you gave us kind of a a general overview of what things might look like once you go into an account, uh, the research I've done, I know that there's like totally different types of it audits that can be done. So first of all, is the type of audit that the government is requiring because of Sarbanes Oxley is that always going to be the same type? And then, what are the other types of uh, of IT audits that you could be doing?
0: So, SOX audits are pretty straightforward. Um, they rarely change unless a company decides, "Hey, I'm going to throw out ten of my applications and put in one big one instead." Um, so, those are very routine. Very at this point, because it's 2017, we're very In our flow of how those work and the companies are at the same point too Uh, some of the other ones uh, other audits that exist uh, the biggest one would be some of your internal ones so i mentioned earlier you could have an internal audit group at a company Uh, those are people very similar to myself and to my other colleagues that essentially work for the company to you know, either test controls that maybe we wouldn't look at in our SOC scope. So it could be more operational base. Or it could be, you know, um, let's say you work at a hospital system. There are certain HIPAA rules that may apply to your IT system. So they may do other procedures to get comfort that they're, you know, in compliance with HIPAA. Or uh, you know, Cyber is a big one right now. You know, you're always hearing about someone so and so got breached. So and so's credit cards are, you know, out in the black market. Um, that's probably the biggest one within the internal space that's growing right now. So, you know, whether it be an external firm that comes in because the, they're hired by a company or someone internally would do it, and it, it's basically a big analysis of what are the vulnerabilities of a company's network. You know, where potentially could they have an issue of either someone getting into the network or someone getting into the network and no one knows about it. And I would say that latter part is the bigger concern that management has right now. Um, You're always going to have vulnerabilities. I'm really surprised
1: that that sort of thing is not also what the government is mandating. That's not government mandated?
0: Uh, As of right now, no, but... I could see it becoming a bigger thing as we go.
1: Right. Uh, right. I mean, it certainly makes sense. The company, regardless, companies are going to want to pay their right. own money to to make those things happen or just high, you know, staff their own employees to right. to constantly be checking. So, yeah,
0: I would say socks is written so vaguely that it's not going to be ever part of that law. Um, if it is going to be in play, it's going to be a completely separate item that, will look a whole lot different at the same time because mm-hmm. um, especially when you have these companies like amazon or you know some of your smaller one some smaller companies that take you know online orders um the company itself may not be the one that's actually processing the information uh they may not be actually what i mean is they may, may not be taking the credit card numbers themselves
1: right it's all gonna they go through may be PayPal using like or whatever. a
0: paypal or You know, they may they may be so big that they just go right to Visa MasterCard and say, help us process all of our stuff or Chase. I know Chase is a big one that helps out as well. So it won't be on the individual companies as much to have the testing done. It'll be on these processing companies to have that type of work done as well.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And I know someone that's probably listening is gonna be like, oh, I know all about that, so hopefully we can get more on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that so, all right, that brings me to my next question. Do, do different people specialize in different versions of IT auditing, or like you, Tim, like do you just do all yeah. of them?
0: So, I would say starting out, you do not specialize. Um Definitely as you get later in the game, um, you know, you may be more versed on a specific type or types of audit, um, but I've seen it both ways, I guess is what I'm saying, where you could be so specialized in a specific audit, whether it's socks or, you know, I do service provider audits, which are essentially, um, ADP is probably the biggest one that I could give an example. They have so much going on within that company that other organizations utilize them for where they issue reports that are conjointly issued by a public accounting firm to say we've tested all of these controls within the company and this is our opinion of whether they have a good structure of internal control. Um, I know some partners that just do that their entire time. Mm. Uh, But I know other people that do that. They do SOX audits. They do cyber audits. So I guess it really depends. Um, And it really also depends on what you're passionate about Um, or also what industry you're in. So a lot of what we do is very industry-focused. So I focus in what my firm calls uh, consumer and industrial products. So think of your manufacturing companies, your retail companies, uh, a little bit within the tourism industry, like airlines, hotels, things like
1: that. That makes so much sense. It makes more sense that you would be like specialized by industry than right. specialized by type of audit that you do. Because once you learn all the lingo and the blah, 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 within a certain industry, like that that takes a lot more time than learning a, a certain type of audit, I would imagine. Right.
0: I, and recently with my move out to the Bay area, I switched completely from manufacturing to, I would say half the time in retail. So I had a little bit of a learning curve that I had to pick up because manufacturing they don't make any type of e-commerce they don't do any type of uh, point of sale type transactions
1: right what would you say is the most fun type of auditing that you could do (laughs) uh
0: well that's gonna be a personal question because i'm sure everyone's gonna have their own opinion um so oh
1: like, what's the most fun type of auditing yeah. that you have had to do thus far or that you okay. heard another person get a job and you're like, damn it, because you were like hoping that you would get that one.
0: So I would say the cyber ones that are starting up, that are becoming a much bigger deal are the more fun ones. Um, I just bought basically a study guide to become or not to become to g- gain a certification through this governing body to basically say I have, you know, an X level of knowledge about the cyber you know, area of IT that I can walk in the door and you know understand some of the jargon, some of the lingo that's going on, um, because that's really where a lot of companies are having a need at. Um, the coolest audit I have done though is cloud computing. So I had a former client that you know they had essentially all of these little cloud systems that were being involved, like your box.com or just some other random ones. And they wanted us to come in the door and first identify all of them because they couldn't even keep track anymore and also have us help them identify, you know, how could they keep one, keep track of it, but also, um, you know, make sure that no one's going rogue away from IT management. So, you know, their biggest problem was, you know, they're an engineering company. Uh, Their IT department within their corporate IT didn't know about some of these cloud systems that their, one of their engineering departments were employing. So that could be a big vulnerability as far as if they enabled it to have network access.
1: Right. Right.
0: Um, I, unfortunately, this isn't the glamour job. And I know that's probably not the best <laughs> thing people want to hear. Um, you know, we are sitting in conference rooms most of the time, but there is a lot of face-to-face interaction. So definitely, you know, you know, personality skills come in key here as well. Um, I bet. But I will say as an auditor, the number one thing people assume I do uh, when I say the word audit is I'm an IRS auditor. I'm coming to get them. Um, I would say most audits are not there to identify, you know, the worst thing in the world and get you in trouble. It's to identify any vulnerabilities or anything that might be going wrong or, you know, towards scale of wrong that you could then. Reverse course and you know bring it back where all right we're fixing this process we've identified this let's go you know let have the company go fix it
1: right you're more trying to help them out than get them in trouble exactly
0: yeah and there's no there's no government rule that we have to report as far as like pointing fingers um, you know if something were that bad it would actually go on a letter that goes in the financial statements so there is a component of corporate you know public company financial statements that say we have tested internal controls. If something were that bad, it would get written in there. But we're talking like, you know, the whole thing comes crumbling down.
1: What are the types of mistakes and problems that you see that come up? Like, what would be, quote unquote, bad?
0: So, the bit, that, so I'll go with the, the minor bad and then we can work up the scale. So, the Most common small one is, you know, I have a user that left the company six months ago and he still has access to the network. Um, I see that everywhere I go and it's like a slap on the wrist, like, go fix this. Go, you know, be better about it. Um, A lot of companies have now employed, you know, automated systems to help with that. So uh, what I mean by that is, you know, the moment HR marks them as terminated, their access gets revoked. Um, More of the severe ones would be, Um, within the area of companies making changes to their applications. So they all, you know, most companies control their applications where they have programmers in-house that are pushing through code changes to change how the application is functioning. Um, If that control fails as far as, like, the review and approval of changes, I have seen entire, entire audits not necessarily crumble all the way down, but it becomes a very big deal because it requires an exponential more amount of more testing that my financial audit colleagues have to complete. Mm. And we're talking like, you know, it could, and some audits, it could be just a, you know, a couple hours, extra work and other audits. It could be hundreds of extra hours that need to be
1: completed. And again, this, uh, these have to be things that are dealing with finances in some way. So like if right. someone working at Snapchat, put out some new like filters on the camera, then yeah. and they didn't get it approved by their boss, you guys don't care about that at all?
0: No, but someone in internal audit might. If they do an operational audit of certain controls, they may care about it. But as far as my standpoint, that's not going to impact revenue or debt. And or, this you know, is any the piece finances. where
1: you're an, a quote-unquote accountant. That's the accountant piece is it has to deal with finances.
0: Right. And I, I would say even with me having the kind of accounting knowledge, you know, it's just more of a... I know it doesn't deal with numbers at the end of the day. right? Um, That's the best way to
1: explain it. (laughs) Yeah. At the end of your whole audit, do you typically give specific recommendations for how the company could get better? Or is that sort of outside of your scope and almost something that you don't want to do because then it could come back to bite you. So you just tell them what they did wrong, but you don't say how it could get better.
0: So that actually brings up a, Good point. That um, you need to remember from an external auditor standpoint is we are mandated, actually, within that SOX law, to be independent from our client, meaning that uh, I don't have any financial ties to them, um, and even in appearance. So, let's say, for example, my mom or one of my siblings started to work within the accounting department or became CFO, CEO of a company that I'm auditing. that that creates an independence issue for me personally because then my opinion is going to be biased at all times. Right. Um, so when we make opinions, it's not going to be, you know, this is wrong, this is how you fix it. It's going to be this is what we identified, and it's going to be very quantitative of, you know, X number of users out of however many we picked or looked at. Uh, you know, this is what's wrong with it. If they say, well, how could we fix it? We may present multiple options, but it cannot be us ourselves that's actually going in to fix what's wrong.
1: Right, right. And you're typically not just going to voluntarily tell them how to fix it because again, that just, yeah, opens the door for exactly. them, to, them to point the finger at you in some way. Yes. Right. All right, man. Let's go ahead and finish this thing up. If you could give some, it, I assume the advice for someone wanting to become a, uh, your type of accountant, an IT auditor, would be to just like get an accounting degree, right?
0: That or an IT degree. Okay. Um, what I will say is, and maybe this is just more of a general college thing of, um, you know, what you pick your first year doesn't have to be what you do the rest of your life.
1: Ooh, amen. Glad uh, you said that. I, I, I spent two years
0: in college as a pharmacy major. So I could tell you more about OCHEM and biology than most accountants could even think of.
1: <laughs> for sure. Um,
0: but, you know, even with me, I went thinking I was going to you know, look at numbers the rest of my life. And I only see numbers when it's on some type of report that I'm getting for an IT procedure. Um, I, and like I said, over and over, you, know, you could do accounting, you could do IT, you could do a mix of it you know, double major if you want to, you know, get your feet wet in both areas and see what you like better.
1: Good advice, man. Tim, this has been so interesting, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Thanks, Blake. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. It's Blake. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. If you did, I would appreciate it so much if you considered leaving a review for the show on iTunes. I swear it'll only take like two minutes. Um, Just search for the show on iTunes, click on it, click on ratings and reviews. You can leave a quick review um, or just uh, keep listening to the show. I appreciate that as well. Or Tell a friend about the show or something. And if you have any ideas for the show, if you have a particular job or hobby that you would like to hear interviewed on the show, if you yourself think that you do something interview worthy and you would like to tell the world about what this job or hobby is that you have, head on over to halfhourintern.com. There's a link right there at the top that says submit your ideas and you could submit your ideas for the show be them uh, somebody else that you would like me to interview a particular field that you would like to hear about or even if it is you yourself that would like to come on the show thanks so much for listening you guys